What's up, everyone? This is the Next Day Podcast, episode 19 with Mikhail and... And Tanika. Where we have conversations on different topics. So welcome to another edition of our Black History Month theme episode. Uh, last week was based on, you know, inventors. And today we're doing civil rights leaders. Is that right, Tanika? Yes, we are. And as mentioned last week, I am taking a little turn with that. Um, at least for one of the people I'm talking about. So shall we start this uh, episode? Sure. So I gave you guys a little clue as to who I might be talking about. And I mentioned that he comes from musical, or you may have heard of him from musical. Mm. And that musical... Is Hamilton. I am mm. going to be talking about John Lawrence. Now, if you've seen Hamilton, you might be freaking. I don't know. But I am so fascinated by John Lawrence and kind of what he wanted to achieve that I wanted to talk about him at some point. And I thought maybe this was appropriate. That's what I'm going to talk about. So... A little history on John Lawrence. So he was born October 28, 1754 in Charleston, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And he died on August 27th, 1782 in Comby River, south of Charleston. Um, He died technically after the Revolutionary War, once everything was, you know, kind of in the agreement process, I believe. He was killed by British officers. Um, so that's what happened. And um, so with that said, he was an American Revolutionary War officer who served as aide de camp to General George Washington. Um, so just a little more of a kind of a history. So this is, again, I'm going to talk a little bit about him. And I do want to talk about why I wanted to talk about him. Um so that kind of makes sense because I said I am taking a little turn here. Um, mm. So John was the son of Henry Lawrence, who was an American statesman who aligned himself with the Patriot cause at an early date. John was educated in England, and he returned to America in 1777 when he joined Washington's military family alongside Alexander Hamilton and Marquis de Lafayette, which I might talk about him in a future episode as well um Mm. he's actually from france um so at this time the elder lawrence which was a father um was serving as, as the president of the continental congress and john was entrusted with the delicate duty of serving as washington's confidential secretary a task which he performed with much tact and skill let's say um so he did fight so i think despite what the play says what the brought what the show says he did battle alongside washington at yorktown because i think they kind of make that look like he wasn't there but he was actually there mm-hmm. um so it's a little confusing but that is to be expected with the show if you are a history buff and you want to understand a little more about the timeline you should definitely read stuff because the timeline is all messed up on the show. Um, it just kind of aided to the storytelling, I guess. Um, so where I kind of wanted to really talk about Lawrence was his wanting to create an all-Black battalion and maybe how that wasn't exactly possible due to the slave trade. So we're going to get into that a little bit. Um, but before I do, I do want to talk about this because I think um, for those people who watch the show, might have this question. Did Lawrence actually duel Charles Lee? He did. He did 
duel Charles Lee, Hamilton was his second. The difference is, is Aaron Burr was not Charles Lee's second. He was mm. never there. It was someone else. Um, again, just aided to the storytelling, I guess, with the show. Aaron Burr was never involved. From my understanding, I think Aaron Burr wasn't even in the States. I think he was actually in Quebec. If you've watched the show, you might understand why I say that. But I don't think he was actually even there. But anyways, that's what that's the point. Um, they actually had a trial after the duel. Like, they got in trouble. They got in some mm-hmm. serious trouble after that. But anyways, with the, the situation with the All Black Battalion, the the issue kind of came because, like I said, that wasn't possible with the slave trade. And he was trying to say, listen, we're all not going to be free unless everyone, including black people, have the same freedoms as as white people. So he was very, very big on on that. Unfortunately, it didn't always work. It didn't work. He wasn't able to actually get it done. Um, I mean, I think eventually that does actually, well, obviously that does happen, but it happened long past his death. And I think with the aid of like Alexander Hamilton, I think even George Washington, even though George Washington has a little bit of a skeletons in his closet when it comes to slaves, because mm-hmm. um, I think the rumor is he probably did. Um, I think, honestly, everyone did. I think it's just had people working for them that were black. I think it's just, unfortunately, with the times. Um, but he was kind of adamant on wanting that and just wasn't able to to have that. So I, I'm, I don't know, but I, for me, the reason I wanted to talk about him watching this play and kind of seeing how much he wanted that, mm-hmm. how much he worked alongside Alexander Hamilton to abolish the slave trade. Again, because Hamilton was from, I think he's from the Croy, whatever, I think that's where he's from. from. He's from a Caribbean island where there are black people, where he was seeing black people being carted off to, wherever the fuck they were being carted off to. He worked alongside Alexander Hamilton to have this, you know, abolished. And unfortunately, it doesn't happen in his lifetime. And it's kind of at the end of the play where he's like, you know, which we'll talk more about in a future episode too. I don't want to go too much into the actual play. Right. He does say like, tomorrow there'll be more of us. And it's so like, to me, when I listen to it, I'm like, my heart just thinks there will be more of us and we're still there. And it's so, it just made me want to talk more about him and understand him more. And that's kind of why I want to talk about him because I do wonder what would he have achieved if he was if he lived long enough to do so. He died very young; he was twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it is like, what could you have done? And he would have gone so much against his father because his father kind of was the believer of having slaves. So it just kind of makes me wonder, like, where did this come from? And I want to understand that, but unfortunately, obviously, we're not going to know. Um, but. I really wanted to kind of talk about that, but, um, so like I said, I do want to finish up this because I'm not going to be talking about John Lawrence again in a future episode. This is Mm -hmm. it. So I do kind of want to talk about a couple of different things that discredits what the play says. Um, John Lawrence was not at Hamilton's wedding. He was invited. He wasn't there. Um, like I said, he died at 27 years old. Um, and um, we, there also is, um, how many slaves did Lawrence free? Approximately 260 slaves he freed. Oh, wow. So that's, yeah. That's pretty good. It is. Um, there, we don't know the exact number. That could be less. It could be more. But roughly 260 slaves he saved. He saved. So that's incredible. More than I think a lot of people, especially back then, ever did. Um, so what did Hamilton say when Lawrence died? 
Um, he said, I feel the deepest affliction at the news we have received of the loss of our dear um, friend Lawrence. And he did a lot to try and get him to um, get what he wanted done. He definitely worked on that. And when John, when Alexander Hamilton died, his wife took that on, which we'll talk about in the future. So, but, um, right. um, but yeah, he definitely fought for emancipation john lawrence mm -hmm. which again thank you for your service to the black person and um but yeah that's kind of it that i have on him um again it's limited history because he died in 1782 um wow. and he had a very short life he was also married that's another thing i found out too mm. he was married and he had a daughter which is not mentioned in the in the play but if you're interested in seeing pictures of him i will have pictures posted of him i'll have pictures posted of revolutionary war as well um we would do a side by side of the guy who plays him and in the actual mm -hmm. guy um that he plays so he is a white man okay <laughs> not latino nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice 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 okay all right so, yeah, he so, died a, yeah he died a young Young age. Very young, very, very young. Wow. I mean, Alexander, yeah. I mean, for the times, it's not, it's like middle age, but mm -hmm. when you had your life taken from you because you were killed by British officers, like, we don't know how long he would have lived for, but I mean, even Hamilton, he died very young as well. He was, I'm guessing, almost 40. I'm mm -hmm. guessing almost 40. I, I never I happened to the math, but. I'm guessing yeah. about that almost 40 if maybe 40 because we're not actually sure of what his birth date is it might have been either 57 yeah. or 55 1755 or 1757 <laughs> no no for sure <laughs> so uh, um okay. but uh but yeah so it's my turn guys so uh so my black history month civil rights leader uh you guys know who he is um malcolm x okay so, i'm happy i didn't end up i almost did him i'm happy i didn't <laughs> we did him together would it be would it be a short episode so <laughs> yeah. so uh yeah so let me give you guys a brief background if you guys already didn't know um so born in may 19 1925 oh wow yeah 1925 i felt like he was why did i feel like he was born in this 19 in the 70s oh no i knew he was born in the 70s because he would have had to be around for the civil rights movement yeah, yeah which yeah. happened in the 50s and 60s Interesting. yeah true true what what, what, no, what day uh, on, in may sorry what day in may do you know what day may 19 okay may he's he's yeah. taurus he's taurus like me okay he's two days after me <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So, uh, born in Omaha, Nebraska, U.S., died in February 21, 1965. So, so oh, wow. That's, that's he nice. was murdered, right? Am I correct on that? We'll get to it. Was, okay. Was, I think he was. Think, yeah, yeah, he was. He was. He was. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah. New York, New York, uh, African-American leader and prominent figure in the nation of Islam who articulated concepts of race, pride, and black nationalism in the early 1960s. After his assassination, the widespread distribution of his life story, the autobiography of uh, Malcolm X, 1965, made him and hero especially among black youth so um i don't think i read his uh auto biography have you i have not but i do know it it's out there mm. yeah I, I have seen like you know uh, documentaries mm. and um you know movies mm. and even like you know uh if you were to watch a series called Harlem Godfather, he's even in there too, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you know the the, the series. Sounds familiar. 
So basically, it's a prequel of the American Gangster. Okay. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So I don't think I haven't in, seen American Gangster. Be totally honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's in there. So uh, also, little fun fact too is that you know, uh, black. Uh, so not Malcolm X was always for you know you know violence versus uh, Martin Luther King. Wait, what? Against it. Was he, wait, wait, he was for or against it? He was for, I think for? he was more for violence, and then Martin Luther King was against it. See, that's what I've heard about Malcolm X, that he yeah. is maybe a little more problematic. Yeah. Because of the fact that, like, he was for it. Mm-hmm. He kind of, from the, the limited knowledge I have, um, he kind of... I, th- I can't remember exactly the organization maybe you have the research on it but there was an organization um islamic or organization black islamic organization that he kind of shoved himself into the leader position right yeah. um so i've heard some problematic things about about him mm-hmm. um which yeah. is unfortunate but yeah which is yeah in the early years of and you know Convention to like Islam. Uh, what were his uh, his questions answered? Malcolm Malcolm was born in Nebraska while an infant. Malcolm moved with his uh, family and to uh, Lansing, uh, Michigan. If I you know pronounced that right, I think you did. Okay, so when Malcolm was six years old, his father, Reverend Ern Little. Uh, baptized minister, former supporter of the early black nationalism leader, Malcolm Gravy, if I pronounce his last name right, because I'm not really good at name guy, <laughs> uh, died after being hit by a streetcar, quite possibly the victim of the murder by whites, so like white people, you know. Uh, Got it. So like they may have seen him, but they still hit him. Yes. So that's that's what they call white people back in the day, whites. So the yeah. surviving yeah. The surviving family was uh so poor that Malcolm's mother, Lucy Little, resorted to uh cooking uh dandelion greens from the street to feed her children. After she was committed to an insane asylum in 1939 Malcolm and his siblings were sent to foster home or to live with family members so uh yeah that's a little bit of information on you know Malcolm X uh and his background um Malcolm X and the nation of Islam after his release from prison uh Malcolm helped to lead the nation of Islam during the period of the greatest uh, growth and influence. He met Elijah Muhammad. If I, you know, that's it. That's that's the person yeah, that, I was thinking of. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In Chicago in 1952, then began organized organizing temples for the nation in New York. Philadelphia and Boston and in cities in the south he found sorry my bad funded the uh sorry founded the nation's newspaper Muhammad Speaks which he printed in the basement of his home mm-hmm. and intended to the practice of requiring every male member of the nation to sell and assign number of newspapers mm-hmm. on the street as a recruiting and fundraising uh, technique he also articulated the nation's uh, racial help me with this word the okay. d-o-c-t-r-i-n-e-s <laughs> oh god I can never visualize doc, words doc t-r-i-n-e-s doctrines Doctrines, yeah. That's okay. So I like, didn't want to pronounce it really wrong or anything like that. My God. Okay. Um, inherent evil of whites and the na- natural 
superior to blacks. So, okay. super, yeah, yeah. And uh, so basically a fun fact is that, you know, uh, Malcolm X, after his release, sorry, release from prison, he continued to visit prisoners and inmates. So, um, okay. Yeah. And uh, his final years and legacy, basically Malcolm X in 1964 and 1963 were... Uh, Deep tensions between Malcolm and Elijah Muhammad over the yes. political direction of the nation. Malcolm urged that the nation become more active in the uh, widespread civil rights protests. Instead mm-hmm. of just being a critic mm-hmm. on the sidelines, Muhammad's violation of moral code of the nation further worsened his relations with Malcolm, who was devastated when he learned that uh, Muhammad had uh, fathered children by six of his personal uh, two of whom filed uh, parental suits and made the issue public. So wait, so just so I'm understanding, Malcolm X had an issue because Elijah Muhammad fathered children with six women were like what was the issue here like what did he have an issue with I think he had was he not with... allowed to have children I think yeah yeah, Pro- uh, yeah I, I was think... he unmarried that's a question maybe I'm asking maybe I'm asking the wrong question was he married to someone or one of these people or all of these people I don't know because Islam does believe in um, polygamy so, were he was he married, uh, or was he just? I don't think he was married. It sounds okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yes. with that in mind, then if he mm-hmm. wasn't married, maybe Malcolm had the issue because in Islamic faith, you are not allowed to have premarital sex. I mean, that's the same with a lot of religions. But um, you're not allowed to have premarital sex. Um, you have to be married before you can have sex. Um, so maybe mm. that's why he was that's upset. Um, yeah. I don't know if he was upset. If maybe some of these women were white, I, I, I don't know. Um, but maybe, maybe that's yeah. maybe it's all of the above. Maybe it's mm. one or the other. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't say here that he okay. is married, but I'm thinking like having six children. But it's, I don't think that it could happen. Six, six. Oh, of children course. Is, that's that's why I'm saying like was he like, was he a polygamist? Because that can definitely yeah. happen if he was polygamist. Um, My question is that it even allowed if you if you try to convert to Islam? Uh, what? What's not allowed? Like having six children by. Uh, if 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 he was a polygamist, then I don't see what the issue is, because okay. is is in Islamic faith, a man can have multiple wives if he so chooses. Right. Yeah. So I'm yeah. My guess is that yeah, he probably had different types of women. Yeah, but it's just a matter of was that the oh. case here? Or was he just you know oh, having his fun? Because why would you be upset with a man? You know. That's why I was confused. I'm like, is he upset because he wasn't married? Was he upset mm-hmm. because some were white or something? Like, what with with the civil rights movement being what it was? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. So I was confused. I'm like, why is he upset? Yeah, is he upset that he didn't have sex with women? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think. I don't, I don't think so. Malcolm X was a good looking man. I think he had no issues yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, but like he. I don't think he would be upset because he didn't have six children. That, yeah. I mean, I don't think most men strive that. Well, I think some men do strive to maybe have as many kids as possible. I mean, yeah, unless you have, unless um, you have money. Yeah. But yeah. If um, you're Nick Cannon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. <laughs> but uh, uh, it doesn't say that it's because of whites. I'm just wondering if he was just mm-hmm. like, I, I'm most like, I think is he was basically unmarried and, Okay. From different women, and okay. that's a good yeah. reason. To, that's a good more for good reason to be mad of him. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Um, where was I? So Malcolm brought an additional bad publicity to the nation when he declared publicly that President John F. Kennedy assassination was an example of chickens coming home to roost. Meaning what? What is he trying to say there? I, I really don't know. Like, is that a negative thing that he's trying to say? Possibly might be a negative thing that you're probably trying to say. Okay, but here's here's the issue that I have again with 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 Malcolm X. I'm not saying John Kennedy was perfect. He wasn't. He was at the end of the day still a white man. But he he was all about the civil rights movement. He supported the civil rights movement, which was why that freaking crazy man can't remember his name right now. Sorry, guys. That's why he killed him. He was targeting him and he shot and killed him, shot him in the head and killed him in front of his wife. Like, if you, I don't know if you've seen the video of John F. Kennedy being shot. It is Mm -hmm. one of the most disturbing things I think I've ever seen. And it's, it's something like I'm literally seeing it in my head right now. It's one of the most disturbing things. So you literally see him sitting and then he's, He's he's his he his whole body just shoots back, mm. and it's because it, they were in a car, right? Um, right. So it, it's just like I, I have an issue with that because of what John F. Kennedy stood for. Um, like he mm. was that's that's why he was killed by someone who probably was a Republican. Let's be real here, and had an issue with what John F. Kennedy stood for, right. like. I have issue with that. So, but anyway, I I heard the saying before, like chicken come home to roost. It's like, I think in this case it's a negative connotation. Yeah, you're. So the meaning or the expression of it is your chickens come home to roost. For a chicken to roost means to settle down for the rest or sleep for us. However, um, the expression is not at all restful. When mm-hmm. our chickens come home to roost, it means our past mistakes or wrongdoings have come back to cause us problems. Okay, so then what is... Okay, so I don't know a lot about John F. Kennedy. Maybe this is someone we can talk about um, in a future episode. But my understanding of John F. Kennedy, um, from what I've seen and what I've read, I, I mean, I, I don't know how far you are in the crown, but he does show up in the crown. Well, he shows up in the first like couple seasons, I think, of The Crown. So you've probably seen that. And from my understanding of John F. Kennedy was kind of like, okay, he had a bit of a drug problem because he had injuries. And he, the doctors administrating his, his medication, we're overdoing it. This is to put it lightly. Mm. He was cheating on his wife pretty openly oh, he, honestly i mean yeah. yeah what president didn't <laughs> like yeah. except, for, well, yeah. except for obama obama never cheated on michelle no i i, I can't i say highly doubt that, no. I highly doubt that. Yeah. michelle um, would have wrote like a, a, a tell all see all book or something like that to no, expose from, obama but, my understanding of obama he loves and adores his wife i don't think he ever would yeah i know there. yeah yeah but um, yeah go ahead but Yes, he had a lot of issues within his personal life that could have definitely, especially with the drugs, could have altered his decision making as the president of of the United States. Mm -hmm. But I'm still confused when he was an ally to the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. I'm confused. Uh, like what is Malcolm X trying to say here like that kind of lends back into the he is for the violence even if that violence means killing a man yeah in front of his wife yep at the end of the day he was a married man with children and he was killed in front of not only his wife but thousands of people it come on that's not okay at all and who who was his who the vice president was was what Lyndon B Johnson? Yellow, he wasn't much better. <laughs> he was actually worse. So I, <laughs> I just I, uh, okay. Anyways, yeah. continue. 
yeah yeah okay so back to let me see malcolm brought additional bad publicity um to the nation when he declared publicly sorry my bad publicly mm-hmm. that uh president john f kennedy assassination was an example it, like i said chicken come home to roost mm-hmm. a violent society suffering um consequences of violence um in response to the outrage this statement provoked elijah muhammad ordered um malcolm to observe a 90-day period of silence and the break between the two leaders became permanent mm-hmm. so um yeah um that's basically my uh civil rights leader, leader. yeah I mean, yeah, I feel like just with everything that has kind of, I feel like in today's generation, like obviously the Gen Z's can be problematic or whatever, but I think in today's generation, it kind of, they kind of are the reason that they've gone back and kind of said, okay, yeah, everyone was like Malcolm X, you know, (laughs) but look at the history of Malcolm X and you might think different. There's Mm -hmm. no question that he he shaped the civil rights movement oh yeah he, he and, in a it, good yeah. yeah but i think the question is did he impacts it in a good way or a bad way i don't know i mean if you were all, all for violence and you then know, he impacted in a good way nothing yeah then you then you yeah yeah and he impacted that type mm-hmm. of crowd in my that, honest opinion you, he did not impact it in a good way mm-hmm. um i mean i feel like you know, if you were like a Black Panther, then maybe like that would have been like, you know, he's kind of it for you. But I think mm-hmm. even the Black Panthers, like they, yes, would use violence if needed. But I think like it wasn't like always violence to them. But I could be wrong mm-hmm. there. Um, but I mean, I think for Black Panthers, I think Malcolm X was perfect um, to an extent. Mm-hmm. Right. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace to uh, Malcolm X. Uh, he, like I said, He's he died in Febr- for a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he died February twenty first, nineteen sixty five, which which should be a few days for his oh, anniversary. Right. right. Yeah. So um, uh, yeah. Wow, he died during Black History Month. Yeah, that that's sinking a little bit. Jeez. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, hell, my mom wasn't even alive yet. My mom, not long after, but mm-hmm. so long ago. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, that's the legacy of Malcolm X. Yeah. All right. So, my last, you're kind of getting a two for one with mine. Um, and mine kind of has a sad ending as well, unfortunately. I think, unfortunately, when it comes to civil rights leaders, a lot of them end in a, in a sad way. Um, but here we go. So, Harry T. and Harriet Moore, right off the bat, were murdered on Christmas Day um, when a bomb set by the Klan blew up their home in um, Mims, Florida. Never heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um but before we go more into that, let's talk about what they did to kind of shape it. Um, I would say that Harriet was a little, a little less in shaping it, but still nonetheless, what she did still like made, I think, an impact in helping with educating children because she was a teacher um, and um, both were um, civil rights activist. So Harry Moore, um, while we're kind of talking about this first, he died on the way to the hospital. Um, and Harriet died nine days after. And they left behind two daughters, Eveline and Annie Rosala. Rosalie? Rosalie. It's Rosalie. Anyway, back in the 1930s, Harry and Harriet Moore began organizing for the NAACP in Central Florida. They launched a legal struggle that eventually won equal pay for black and white teachers. In 1941, 
Harry became president and later executive director of the Florida State NAACP. Under their leadership, the NAACP eventually grew to more than 10,000 members and more than 60 branches across the state. In 1944, Thurgood, Thurgood Marshall won Smith versus Allwright in the U.S. Supreme Court, which ruled that all white primary elections are unconstitutional. So the reason why I say this is because with this ruling, it kind of shapes also what I believe Harry um, kind of did going forward. So with blacks now allowed to vote in the real elections, the Moors organized the Progressive Voters League of Florida and Harry became its president. Florida's voter registration procedures were not as restrictive as those of neighboring Georgia and Alabama, which, yep. And within a few years, the Moors managed to register over 100,000 Black voters, increasing Black registration from 5% to 31% of those eligible. I know. Their slogan was, quote, a voteless citizen is a voiceless citizen. So, Mm. for years, Harry traveled Florida's muddy back roads and poorly paved highways, building the NAACP, helping Blacks register and organizing the Voters League. Harry and Moore was a sixth grade teacher at George Washington Public School. Um, One of her students, which is named, I think it's Paige Wadley Bailey, shares a memory of her classroom in 1951. So she was, um, or he or she, I'm not even sure, they were um, her student in 1951. So they say, Mrs. Moore did not complain or express outrage at having to teach us from old, tattered textbooks passed down to us from white schools. Because remember, that's how it would be whatever textbooks were now just not pretty enough for the white people got passed down to black schools. Um, what she did do was teach us primarily from the few boxes of her own private books, which she kept hidden under her desk. Her books were about African-American people who had made important contributions to the world. People like W.E.B. Dubois and Mary McLeod Buffane Mrs. Moore taught us about the freedom fighters Harriet Tubman and Sojourner Truth. I don't, I've never probably butchered the name. I've never heard of them. Um, right. But she read stories to us by Zora Neale Hurston and poems by Langston Hughes. And she shared her Ebony Magazine articles about Black history. This learning was deep and personal. It was important because it was about people like us and what and it was secret. She didn't have to tell us not to tell anyone about these books. We knew they were dangerous when she appointed one of us to be lookout, a lookout person at the window. So if the superintendent um, of schools came on one of his unannounced inspections, he wouldn't catch us using them. So I'm assuming this person would have been white. These books, their physical existence, and the stories they told taught us taught me more about unspoken truth, secrets, and lies. So that's the thing too. Like, I think like with white people, and again, they live in Florida. Florida is the South. Florida is problematic in many other ways, but it, nonetheless, it's the South. And right, I think if from my understanding too of the so like of white people and you know they have to fear that black people could be more powerful than them. So they're not allowed to educate themselves on the the histories and the past and the people who have tried to shape what it is today. They were afraid of us in the end of the day. And that's why they weren't allowed to do these things, to learn these things. And I think, unfortunately, I want to say this, not much has changed in terms of learning black history and i think right. we did talk about this in a past episode not much has changed with this we're still not teaching our children enough about black history and yes that's kind of sad to kind of see like 
1951, this is what it was like because it had to be this way. But in 2023, it doesn't have to be this way. And we still haven't changed that. Interesting to me. I think the education... My bad. I think the educational system needs to invest into, you know, uh, more history. I agree. Um... Other than the one-sided history that we've been taught, like, you know, uh, no offense to Chris Columbus, no offense to... No, no, no. Uh, we can offend Chris Columbus. <laughs> we can. And we can. Yeah. It's fine. Well, because of his history of killing uh, mm-hmm. indigenous. So, mm-hmm. so we can... But like, you bad. Uh, and what, what else history? The World Wars... Like over and over again, and but here's you know. what I'll say about that: is I'm not saying we should diminish those things either. We yeah. should be talking about the world wars. We should be talking, especially World War II, because with World War II comes the Holocaust. Those are things that we should definitely should be talking about. We should not be yes. just you know eliminating those things. Yeah. What I am saying is, where does Black history fit into that? We need to fit that in. Um. Well, it's it's been and it should be a part of the regular curriculum you know kind of like in high school we have the option if you wanted to learn American history but I think you know I didn't do it I wanted to but I didn't do it right. and very few people did mm. so I feel like something like black history should just be a part of the regular curriculum whether that is in elementary school, if you mainly do it in high school, I don't know. We have, Here in Canada, you have two years of history, grade 9, you have grade 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, sorry, actually, I'm wrong. It's just grade 10, right? It's not two years. It's just grade 10. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah, we have geography in grade 9, history in grade 10. And I know this for a fact because I have the same change? teacher. No, has I don't, think, I don't think so. I don't okay, think let so. Let me just do my research. Well, you going. do your research, but I, for my, when we were in school anyways... It was one year of history. And it was in grade 10. You didn't have to do it again after that. And there's only so much you can fit in a semester. So whatever week, how many weeks that is, 12 weeks or whatever, there's only so much you can fit in a semester. But where do we fit in? <laughs> but um, while yeah, you're... Yeah. Did you... Yeah, when it comes to Black history, it should be a regular thing. It mm-hmm. shouldn't just be one month, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, my knowledge of Black history, I did a Black history course in college, and that was when I had my knowledge. That's when my, my, once I had that knowledge, I was like, oh, I think very differently now. But again, there's only so much you can fit in a semester, even at college. Like, and I think college semesters are even shorter than high school semesters. So it's this, like, there's only so much you can fit um, in that so you know yeah um, it, has, it, it has changed since then it has so. changed okay yeah it has changed okay good that's that's good so but anyway yeah go ahead so in addition to voter registration and education the more investigated lynchings as well so mm. in 1949 this is, this is a little targeting this made me angry when i read was reading this in 1949 four young black men Groveland Four, is the men, um, were accused of raping a white girl in Lake County near Orlando. At the time, it was a Klan stronghold. Um, so, um, this is a, a tale as old as, as time, I think. Um, later evidence indicates that the 17-year-old girl had been beaten by her husband, so she was 17 years old and married, y'all. Take that as you may. Um, wow. And that they, yeah, and that her and her husband concocted um, a phony rape story to conceal the beating from her parents because her parents were this close to fucking him up. <laughs> they knew, he knew that. So he's like, hmm, we're in a time where if black men rape women, they could kill. So let's do that. This fucking guy. Anyways. So, yeah, like her parents, like I think her father legitimately threatened to shoot the man if he did it again. 
if he because i think they knew he was being abusive and her mm-hmm. father like said if you do it again i'm gonna kill you so he's like i'm gonna die so let's kill some black men instead basically um so charles greenley 16 and war veterans sam shepherd and walter irvin so i'm assuming these are the black boys were arrested mm-hmm. for the supposed rape the fourth man ernest thomas managed to flee but was gunned down by a sheriff's posse a few days later a mob of more than 500 white men assembled to lynch the remaining three when they couldn't locate the prisoners they formed a caravan of 200 cars and descended um where am i sorry i lost my voice Mm. Uh, descended um to the black neighborhood of groveland where the families of the accused men lived so what did they do they shot into homes and set some on fire the florida governor sent the national guard to restore order so at least they did something thank you for doing something because this is how it was and this was actually i think i saw this in a movie once too this is what they would do you police officers i don't trust your ability so we're going to take law into our own hands that's basically what they would do and they would try to smuggle prisoners out of prison in wow. order to do what they had to do this is this was a normal thing this is not new hmm. this was horrible um yeah. so willis mccall the sheriff of lake county this fucking guy was notorious for his brutality against blacks year after year he was re-elected with the support of the citrus growers who he supplied with cheap chain gang prison labor at harvest time by arresting blacks on trumpled up charges for minor crimes so basically let me just put this in layman's terms he Mm. was creating his own slave trade i'm gonna arrest anybody that i can arrest no matter what the hell they did they could have stolen candy out of a convenience store i'm gonna arrest them and i'm going to give you cheap labors because for the prisoners this is what he would do um he also chased any and all union organizer out of the count out of the country or sorry the county um so that's what he would do um the moors discovered that while in mccall's custody the three Gulfland defendants were brutally beaten and made to stand on broken glass with their hands roped to a pipe over their heads. Despite this torture, they refused to confess to a crime they did not commit. Unable to force a confession, McCall's du- uh, deputies manufactured enough of phony evidence to convince an all-white jury of, their, of the crime. Because again... Oh. A jury of your peers. The blacks weren't allowed to be on the jury. So how is that a jury of your peers? Mm. So, um, Shepard and Irvin were sentenced to death. Okay? 16-year-old Greenland, Green, sorry, Greenlee was sentenced to prison. Um, Greenlee chose not to appeal out of fear that a new trial would result in a death sentence. Franklin Williams, Shepard and Irvin's NAACP attorney, appealed their conviction and it was overturned by the Supreme Court in 1951. So those are the two boys Mm -hmm. that were sentenced to death. So let's talk a little more about this fucking deputy. I'm so mad. When I read this, I was so mad. In November of 1951, Sheriff McCall removed the two men from prison but while driving them to Lake County for their new trial, he shot them. He wow. shot them, killing Shepard and severely wounding Irvin. He claims that, oh wait, he claims that even though these two men who were handcuffed attacked him and tried to escape, so he had to defend himself and shoot handcuffed boys. So what? So what's he? Was he lying? Oh, of course he, he was lying. He lied? Okay. Oh, of course yeah, he was lying. lying. Of course he was. Figured that he was lying. Yeah. Oh, 100% he was lying. Um, Just to cover um, himself. 
Yes, and, he, and, and it worked, because let's continue. When Irvin recovered enough to speak, he described how McCall pulled his car off the road, dragged the two men out, and began firing. So it was like execution-style type situation. The Moors demanded that McCall be suspended from office, that's too fucking good, and indicated for, and, sorry, indicted for murder. But guess what, guys? Again, something that we see today. No charges were ever brought against McCall. So nothing happened to him. I was, I'm going to say this and this might, but I think like this should be understood. I was actually Mm. surprised that the police officers who killed George Floyd actually were indicted for murder. Like I'm shocked. Mm. I'm shocked that that actually happened. Yeah. Oh, and guess what? Update. The main guy, I can't remember his name because who cares? The main guy, Mm. he got beaten in prison. He's still alive though. Yeah, (laughs) he, he did. He, he got beaten in prison for um, killing George Floyd. Yep. I mean, I'm surprised because he's been in solitary, so that's why it hadn't happened earlier. But now he's in general pop. He's in gen pop now, and he got like attacked. Like, and I said, "Oh well, I don't care." I per- maybe this sounds bad, but I don't care. I don't care when you're stepping on someone's neck for seven minutes and he's telling you he can't breathe. I don't care what happens to you. So the cop's name that killed George Floyd, his name is Derek Chauvin. Yeah, so, who cares? So letting you guys know. <laughs> really and who cares? Yeah, so I'm just letting, letting the folks know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but he deserves everything else coming to him. Anyways, Absolutely. So. I'm not sure what happened with the others. I think there, there was there was four of them. Or for three or four of them, I can't remember. I think it was four though. There was an Asian guy. There was a black guy too. There was him, and I think there was another one, but I can't remember. Anyway, in jail. I'm, good. I'm, yeah, they're all in jail. So I mean, I don't think the others would have gotten like life or whatever because they didn't actually do the act. But I'm, I could be wrong. Maybe they did because they kind of didn't stop him, right? Yeah. They should have done. Well, that's an. I don't story, understand. Right? They should have done something. They should have. Those guys just, just like you know, sat there and watched that man just kill another black man. Come on. I mean, exactly. You had a chance to release your foot off of his neck. Any point before you hit that seventh minute, it takes seven minutes to strangle a person. It doesn't just happen. You had the intent. To keep your foot on his neck for seven minutes. That's an I'm sorry, that's an that if he wasn't charged with reverse first degree, I don't know what more you need. Cause you had every chance to release your foot off of him. And you didn't. Yeah. And that's besides pl- that's yeah. that's besides the fact of George Floyd literally telling you, I cannot breathe. That is for, yeah. Even take that aside for a minute. Seven minutes. Yep. I can't even imagine. I know. So the so just to add insult to injury, the police officers got way less than mm. Derek. Way like how way less? One of the one of the police officers, Alexander. Uh, I think it's Kong. I think that's or the King? Asian one. He was a little. No, no, it's not. It's not, it's that's not him. Not, it's, okay. He's he's like a little bit like you know mixed, mm-hmm. but like he got three and a half years. Mm. Yeah, you got sentenced three and a half years. Let me just come back for the other guy. Let me see three. I mean, at the end of the day, like their lives yeah. are still ruined. Like yeah. they lost yeah. their jobs, they lost their pensions. Yep. It's yep. you know. But um, so it's still was, not enough. Yeah, yeah. So I have I don't know about the other guys. Maybe but some of them yeah. are still ongoing too. Possibly. It's only it's only been not even four know, years but, yet. But the articles are from twenty twenty two. But like mm, that makes it's sense. Ongoing. Yeah, I think it's I think some of them are probably still ongoing because I do remember those two were sentenced pretty soon after, like within right. a couple of years, but. Mm-hmm. These things can go on for a long time. It's like I said, it hasn't yeah. even been four years yet. We're reaching the four-year mark. So wow, it's been that 
Wow. Yeah, 2020, May 2020. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, okay. okay, so back to this. So with the mob attack on Groveland um, and the original rape trial and the successful appeal and the shootings just kind of fanning the flames of racism, Harry Moore was called the most hated black man in Florida. His mother, this is this, this part is eerie. And I remember actually listening to this here in this when I listened to the podcast that brought them to my attention. Um, his mother was visiting for the holidays this the the year they died they were she was visiting for the holidays and she voiced her concerns for their safety and harry told her every advancement comes by way of sacrifice what i am doing is for the benefit of my race now i don't know how soon before this was told to them before they had been brutally murdered but um, I always thought that was very eerie um, mm. for her, for his mother to say that. Um, so late in the night on Christmas Eve, 1951, a bomb exploded under Harry and Harriet's bed, under their bedroom, sorry. Right. So it was very strategically placed under their bedroom. Wow. As mentioned earlier on, he died on the way to the hospital and she died of her injuries um, nine days later. And she left behind her, they both left behind their two daughters. Um, and from my understanding too, um, their, one of their daughters, I think it was Eveline, has been um, very vocal. I don't know um, at this point how old she would be, but... She was very vocal on um, getting justice for her parents um, mm. because at the end of the day, they were brutal, brutally murdered by the KKK. Mm. Um, they seem to love bombs, I'll tell you that. And um, that comes back um, when we do our next our, our episode next week um, on how much they love bombs. So... But that's uh that's it awesome. that's that's my those are my people right huh interesting yeah interesting uh sewer rights leaders that we picked out uh today so yeah um, and i think too that i want to mention not that they care and it doesn't stop the kkk from killing children because again right. as i am saying here i'm probably giving this away now who i'm gonna what i'm gonna talk about next week they have no issues killing children. Um, that mm. doesn't stop them. Um, so, but I just, I always think of the fact, like, their children are in that house. And yet, you just set this bomb and think, oh, well, you know, less black people to worry about, I guess. You know, it's just, it's sick. Yeah. And I think his mom was actually in the house too, from my understanding. I, it's not mentioned in the, in the article, but I'm pretty sure his mom was in the house too. So it's just like, but I think she was in the children's room. So it's just like, mm-hmm. it, these, uh, like you said earlier, like this is what they called white people. They called them whites. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't say it then, but I'm going to say it now. Yeah, sure. We might've called them whites back in the day, but they called us worse. So it's just, it's just like these. Right what life was like for us back then it's just i can't <laughs> yeah crazy yeah crazy definitely crazy um so so if we didn't do like the greatest job um uh giving you enough information about these civil right leaders go do your research on you know google or mm-hmm. you know history you know um dot org yeah and the the podcast that i had originally heard that talked about harry and harriet moore Mm. i might be wrong on this but i believe it was a podcast podcast so if you were to search their names and put podcast like in spotify or something Mm. you might get that episode Right. Um, that's right. where I first discovered them. 
Um, and they're a little more, our cast is a lot more informational than they are, you know, um, like putting comedy or something in it, which you can get comedy, um, true crime podcast, which I do listen to, but that's a lot more informational. So if you do want to have a little more information that you want to listen to a podcast, definitely put in Harry T and Harriet Moore podcast and Spotify. It should come up, hopefully. Okay. Or you can go to your your Barnes and Noble in America and you know buy a book of these uh civil rights leaders. Or you or can you also can get it online. That too. <laughs> or you can go to a library, you know, cheaper. There might know, be an yeah. audible book or something. Yeah. 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 Or in Canada we have chapters as well. Mm-hmm. You can buy it there too. So um but yeah, um, yeah, just like there's a lot of information about the civil rights leaders. Like I said, if we if we didn't do a great job, um, just do your research. And, and there's so much more. Guys. There's yes. so many more people out there, which is why yes. I wanted to talk about Harry and Harriet because they are not like the Malcolm X's or the mm-hmm. Martin the Luther Mal- Kings King's of the Rosa civil Parks. rights. Right? They're not those people that are so well known and not to discredit Rosa Parks or any of the other people they everyone had a hand in what we have today but that's why I want to talk about them because they're not as I think as out there as the others are so yeah 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 I agree so this ends episode 19 of our special special black history month theme episode of the next tape podcast the next tape podcast is available now on all podcast platforms we also have a website called soul.to slash nest tape podcast and tanika where else are we at so we are also on facebook and instagram at next tape podcast TikTok, um, what's the other one? I know there's another one, and it's like Twitter <laughs> at Next Take Pod. Um, and there you'll get like the episode links, any pictures, which we will have. I will, at least I will, anyways, we'll have pictures of um, John Lawrence and and also the person who played John Lawrence in Hamilton. So you can mm-hmm. do side by side. Um, and I also have pictures of Harry and Harriet Tubman, and also a picture of, with like their kids too, as well as a picture of the house after the bombing. I think that's important as well. Um, so we'll have pictures like that and we do our clips. Mm-hmm. Everything will is on uh, our socials as well there. Okay. okay. All right. We also have an email. Contact us at MikhailTanika at gmail.com. And yeah. Uh, so what are we doing uh, next week? Okay, so, so like, what's, what's the theme? Trigger warning, right ahead of the, the jump. We are going to be talking about um, the deaths that shaped the civil rights movement. And I also think just the deaths that shape even the Black Lives Movement, we can even go there too. Um, so I think what we have decided on is that I'm going to do more of the civil rights type shaping murders that happened um actually i think we can talk at least for me because i know what i'm talking about um i am going to talk about emmett till and i'm also going to talk about i believe it's in alabama i could be wrong with exactly where it is but there was a bombing from the ku klux klan it was a bombing of a church um that killed a lot of young girls so i will be talking about that as well and I know we decided for you, you might do more recent stuff. Um, I think those are important as well. Whatever you choose to do, I don't know what you're choosing to do there. Probably not sure. I'm, I'm probably going to choose something. So yeah, <laughs> it's a surprise. Surprise. I want to yeah, surprise I, I'm putting it all out there because I, you know, I, I do want to say because both of those, the ones I'm doing are brutal. I am also going to post pictures of Emmett Till because 
that is what his mom did. I think mm-hmm. that can't, those images should not be forgotten. It's hard to look at, but I don't think those images should be forgotten. Um, so I am going to be posting those. That's going to be brutal. So I think like that's why I want to say mine up front because mm-hmm. I mean, I will not even mince when I first heard about these two uh, murders, these two events. I was crying in my Black History Month class. I never heard them before. And I, I, I will tell you right now, I have never forgotten the name Emmett Till since then. All right. Maybe, maybe we can talk about like uh, George Floyd on the next one as well. Yeah, I think we too. should. I think we should. So that's, that's why I want to. I have another idea for you as well. Um, yeah. That I, I'll, we can talk about off the air, but okay. I, I have another idea. I think I, if you want to, you can choose what you want to do, but I think we should talk about as well. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So that's it for, you know, the civil rights leader episode. Uh, so I'm Mikhail. And, and I'm, and I'm Tika. And we are out until next week. <laughs> <laughs>